Thank you for joining us on our Heights Church podcast. Here on the podcast, you're going to find previous sermons and then also topics in which we discuss faith and culture and how that we can grow as an, in our faith as believers in Jesus Christ. You know, here at Heights, our mission is to love and to lead all people to a new life with Christ. My name is Lee. I'm the lead pastor here at Heights, and I'm joined, as always, with our esteemed worship pastor, uh, Pastor Matt Hogan. And here in episode two, uh, we are dealing with the topic of salvation, and we are answering questions that you submitted to us uh, to answer through our Asking for a Friend series. So, Matt, it's good to have you again on episode two. We've made back. it. We've made it this far so far. So far, and uh, we we've got an action-packed episode here. I mean, I'm really excited about this because we've got four questions we got to move through um, that are 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 some pretty big questions, um, and and we're going to try to move through them as as quickly and as well as we can. So let me get us started. Uh, the first question is: Does God love everyone? Um, and are we all God's children? You know, and so I think that's a, that's a pretty common question uh, that a lot of people have is, you know, does God love everyone? Are we all God's children? Uh, because we, we hear that a lot of times among Christians is we're, we're all God's children. And, you know, I, I think when we kind of break down the, the question is we would, yes, affirm where, you know, God loves everyone. Right, John 3.16. Right, yeah, John 3.16. For God, God so loved the world. God so loved the world. You know, every Genesis 1.26, everybody's created in the image of God. So we would, we would call that like a general type of love. Um, but then we see in the Bible there's a special type of love, and that is God's children. Um, that's those that have placed their faith in Jesus Christ. Right. And um, I know in our, in our church um, we've had several couples that have adopted you know, and so break us down that special type of love that, that gets into adoption in the, in salvation. Well, yeah, there, so really the question that you're asking, I mean, does God love everyone? The answer is yes. Yes. The, but I think the question that people are probably getting at when they ask that is, is does that mean that God saves everyone? Right. And, and we would, we would believe that the Bible teaches no, um, that there is a special type of love uh, that is a saving love that happens when we become a part of God's family. Right. And so that, and that is, that adoption happens. Uh, Romans talks about this. That adoption happens when we become a part of God's family, when we place our faith and hope in Jesus Christ. And so even though God has a love for the whole world yeah. and scripture is very clear about that, uh, there is a specific type of love that's involved in salvation, uh, that is, that is limited to those who have placed their faith and trust in Jesus. Right. And then when you do that, you're adopted into his family as his kids. Exactly. You know, as brother, you know, you're my brother in Christ. Um, you know, uh, Caroline, our children's minister, who's uh, doing a great job recording this for us. She's our sister in Christ because we've placed our faith in Jesus. My, you know, um, person down the street that maybe hasn't, God still loves them, but they're not in the family yet. Right. Right. And so I like to think of it as, as, as I love your kids, but I love my kids differently because I'm the father of my boys. Right. And that's a different special type of love. So good. So let's move on to our next question, because this is a, another kind of one that I think there's a lot of misconceptions on. And the specific question we got was what happens to Jewish people who do not believe in Jesus uh, when they die? 
And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expand that out a little bit and um, just say, you know, what happens to people of, of other religions uh, when they die, if they don't believe in Jesus? Uh, now, I know the person's specifically talking about Jews here, but um, I think there are times where, again, like you said, we, we want God to save everyone, right. right? We really do. And the Bible says that God has a desire for all to be saved. Um, but in the Bible, and I think Paul, all through Romans, is really making that argument to a Jewish audience. You know, listen, you, you have the law. Um, you are God's chosen people group, but you've rejected Jesus. Right. And that's a, that's a really big deal, right? And, and so to die without Christ, um, we see as a, as a sin that condemns someone to hell uh, because they've died without their sin forgiven by Jesus. And so, so kind of break that down a little bit more for us on that. Right. Well, you know, I think it's important. Um, one of the, the questions that I hear frequently is uh, Jews, Christians, Muslims, mm -hmm. do we worship the same God? Right. Uh, yes and no. You got to kind of break that down. The, the, the short, really easy answer is no. And this is why. Um, all of us share a similar, um, kind of a similar uh, history because uh, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity are all based on uh, the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one true God of the Bible. That's right. where that faith begins. Right. But then from that faith, those three different religions take it in very different directions. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the most, uh, as far as for Christians, the most important thing to remember is that we are Trinitarian. We worship God in, in Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That means that we believe that Jesus is God. Right. Okay. Judaism rejects that idea. Islam rejects that idea. So, so we have, even though we have a common ancestry in our faith, we have very different understandings of who God is right. and how God saves. Right. Um, and so the short answer is because in as far as Jews reject the person of Jesus and his work on the cross, or Muslims reject the fact that Jesus was the son of God and that his, his sacrifice, you know, on the cross, uh, paid for our sins that we could have new life in him and that he rose from the dead on the third yeah. day. If you reject that piece, um, then you've rejected Jesus. And because we believe as Christians that Jesus is God, technically we all worship different gods or else we, or at least we have diff very different ideas of who God is. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think it's important to remember that originally the point of Jesus coming into human history was to redeem God's chosen people. And then uh, through his grace, uh, Gentiles, which is any people group that, that aren't Jews, right. we're grafted in and we become a part of the body of Christ. Yeah. And so we get to, be, we get to have uh, the benefit of the plan of salvation that God laid out for uh, his people. But uh, those people that, that we call Jews or who practice Judaism uh, specifically reject uh, who Jesus was and what Jesus did. Yeah. And so just like any other people group that uh, have chosen uh, not to worship, not to worship Jesus, uh, those people are, are not saved. And so we continue to pray for their salvation. Right. And I think the, the idea of uh, the Gentiles coming into the family, so to speak, you know, the gospel being opened up, that's not a New Testament idea. 
that's really that's rooted in the Old Testament. Very much where, so. where God is to the Jewish people, you are going to take essentially my message to the nations. Right. You know, we, we see that idea uh, not just when Jesus comes on the scene and starts saving Gentiles. That that's all the way back um, in the Old Testament. I got asked that question recently as well as uh, somebody said, you know, um, I, I've got a friend who who believes that you know they worship God and Allah are the same, and and I said, well, no. I said, you're you're really tell your friend that even Muslims don't really believe that. <laughs> you know that I think as Christians we've you know spread that lie a little more that God and Allah are the same, whereas like you said, Muslims would even reject that notion because we historically believe Jesus is God and where they say, no, he's, you know, just a good teacher, good one of the prophets, not, you know, the savior. Um, so I think we really have to be careful in that um, because it, again, it's an emotional issue. We, right. like, like we've said, we, we want all people to be saved. And so sometimes we, we try to, you know, bring everybody under the same umbrella. Whereas even in, in the gospel of John over and over and over, Jesus talking to religious leaders says, hey, if you reject me, you're rejecting the Father. Yeah. You know, you, you can't have the Father minus me. Um, and that's, that's so important, I think, to, uh, to keep in mind today. So next question we got is an emotional one. Um, and it's a, it, it is a, a tough one uh, because I know there, there have been people, uh, not only within our church that have dealt with this, uh, but probably a lot of people who have listened um, is what happens to children uh, in people with special needs when they die? Are they saved? Are they not saved? So maybe a, a child in the womb, you know, because we do affirm the Bible affirms that life begins at conception, or maybe a toddler, or a, you know, a young child, uh, maybe someone with some intellectual disabilities uh, that, you know, never really reaches a, a good point of mentally understanding things. Well, what, what do you think the Bible says about them when they die? All right. So what makes this question so hard is that the Bible doesn't have a lot to say about it. Um, if you study this issue in scripture, that there's just not a lot of good information. Um, some of the things that we do know that scripture teaches, um, there is a relationship between God and, and a person in the womb. Mm -hmm. We see that in Psalms. I'm fearfully and one, wonderfully made. You know, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. You made my innermost parts. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a, there's a relationship between God and an unborn child and, and definitely um, a, a very small child. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, there's just not a good chapter or verse talking about the idea of what happens in salvation with, in the situation where somebody's too young to understand. Um, a lot of folks um, believe in, in a concept that they would call the age of accountability. Right. And the idea is that, is that, you know, that there's a certain age in which before you're able to understand salvation, um, God's, go God's going to save you and you're going to, and you're going to be, you're going to be in heaven. Um, I'm always a little hesitant to be very dogmatic about that just because there aren't good chapters and verses for that. That being said, um, what I know is that God is good. Mm -hmm. I know that God is a gracious God and I know that God is a God who loves children, right. even, even the unborn. Um, and so actually I was doing some research um, on this particular issue and um, 
one of the one of the commentators that I was reading, he actually made this uh, suggestion, uh, going back to Romans one that we were looking at mm-hmm. um, in the sermon a couple of weeks ago. Um, and this is sort of, and Paul's actually laying out the condemnation of all people, and he says, you know, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so they are without excuse. Mm -hmm. And what this particular commentary was commentator was pointing out was the the key to understanding this issue lies in the they are without excuse. Mm -hmm. And he was basically making the argument that in as much as small children, very young children, children who die in the womb, or people with severe special needs are not able to understand the way God has revealed himself to them. Right. That God in his in his graciousness is going to figure out a way to save him. Yeah. And, and I think that's something that's important for us to remember. We're, we're moving into an area that we don't really understand. Uh, m- most of our understanding of how salvation works is for people who have a certain cognitive understanding of who God is and who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. Yeah. Um, but I don't think God is limited to our understanding. Right. I think there's ways that he's working in his grace um, that maybe we don't fully understand. Yeah. And I think you... You brought up age of accountability, um, which if I remember right, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I didn't look this up in preparation for the podcast, (laughs) so I'm going off the memory bank. Um, Jewish understanding 12, 13? That was the understanding. It probably varies from rabbi to rabbi, but usually when you're 12 or you're 13, you become an adult. You become an adult. So a boy becomes a man 12 or 13. And that's kind of a, I think even in, you know, Christianity, kind of the understanding of age of accountability-ish is, okay, you're a teenager now, you should be understanding these things more now. Uh, Pastor Jonathan was telling me the other day, he ran into somebody and they got in this conversation and they said it's 25 is the age of accountability because something in the chemicals in your brain and all this, I'm like, 25? Like, good gracious, (laughs) that's a long time for you. (laughs) You should be able to understand some things by then. So I I agree with you on a lot of what you said because we, it it is such an emotional issue. I mean, it it really, really is. Um, And there's not that one verse or that one chapter that we can point to and say, exactly a b c and d here here's the way it works you know and 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 that's what's hard um you know when david loses one of his sons we see in one of his prayers he's talking about i will see him again you know and and commentators are kind of split as david saying he's going to see him again in heaven or does David mean, you know, when I die, I'm going to see you again? And so that's, that's one I've seen used applied in this conversation that I think is it's kind of hard to apply, you know, as far as I don't, I don't want to rest, you know, myself on that. And so I like your explanation um, out of Romans 1, you know, verses 20 through 21. And, and, I, and I say it's an emotional issue because it is for us. Um, you know, we, we have uh, James, our son, who's um, 13 now. Uh, who's um, level three autism. And so with James, um, he doesn't really have a moral compass of right and wrong like we do. 
you know, uh, even though physically he is developing, mentally he's not developing as quickly as a typical person would, you know, and so he is still, you know, very much on a nonverbal level in a lot of ways. Um, We can get him to repeat back, God loves James, (laughs) you know, but it's a repetitive because we've taught him to say it. Um, and so I think where, where Sandra and I have talked through this uh, and a lot of things you said there is we, we know at the end of the day we're relying on God's perfect justice. Yes. Uh, we're relying on God's perfect love and God's perfect mercy. You know, um, I do believe in, in my whole heart God would treat me differently than God would treat James. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I know I have sin. <laughs> I know I sin. I know I need Jesus Whereas James doesn't have any concept of that, you know. Or at so. the very least, he's not necessarily able to articulate that to you. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he wouldn't even know going out in the street and playing and traffic is dangerous. I mean, right. like, seriously, like yeah. he wouldn't, he would just, he would just go, you know. And so, so I think that's where we, we have to try to help families biblically to understand at the end of the day, God is still good. God is just, God is merciful. Um, and even though we, we wish there was that one verse we could really, you know, put our hat on. So very much so. Yeah. I just think one of the things I was thinking about as we were talking through this issue ahead of time was just the Holy spirit is working on James Mm -hmm. and other people that have, um, developmental disabilities in ways that we're not even aware of. Sure. Yeah. So I just, I yeah. think it's important for us to just remember again, that God is just so much bigger right. than we can even comprehend. Yeah. And yeah. you know, and when we stand in glory yeah. and, and James is standing there, uh, in a resurrection body that includes a resurrected mind that, and where everything functions perfectly and you can con- converse with him, you may find out things about his spiritual life that you never knew were even happening. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I think it's, I think it's really important. Always remember to exercise a great deal of care mm-hmm. and concern when we're talking through some of these issues, because these are hard questions. Right. Um, when, when someone comes to you and they've lost a child or they're dealing with a diagnosis of, yeah. of, of a severe disability, um, that's not necessarily when you want to open up Romans one and do a theological treatment right. on, on what God has to say yeah. about, you know, yeah. how all, all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. What you want to do is wrap your arms around that person and say, I'm so, so sorry. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And God loves you. Yeah. Um, and, and so it, I think it's just really important for us to remember to just have that care when right. we're having these conversations with folks that are, that are hurting in a real time of need. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. So let's, um, let's move on to our last question. Um, I want to hopefully say our last question's a little easier than that question. I told you that we got, this is a, this is an episode right here that we, we probably should have split in two. I don't know, but can you lose your salvation? So once you have it, can you lose it? Um, there are other groups, other Christian groups out there that say, yes, you can, you can sin your way out of it. Um, you know, there are other groups who say, nope, you know, once saved, always saved. Where are you at? Uh, what I believe is that Second uh, Corinthians uh, teaches us that if any was in, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. And right. The old is gone, and the new has come. When we place our faith in Jesus Christ, 
uh, God begins to do a changing work on us so that we are a completely different person. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that that is a work that can be undone. Right. I believe that, that once the Holy Spirit comes in to you and starts to change you from the inside out, that that's not a work that gets undone. Right. Um, that being said, uh, I just, I think it's just important for us to recognize that, uh, there are a lot of, uh, Christians and denominations and, and, and religious and, and groups out there that love Jesus yeah. and, and, and love their Bibles right. who do affirm the idea that you can lose your salvation. Mm-hmm. Usually if you talk with somebody who has more of an understanding, um, of salvation working that way, it's not that you did something so bad that you lost it but it's that you chose to walk away or that you chose to give it back. Okay. That's how I've heard that articulated okay. from, yeah. um, from friends of mine who, uh, for example, uh, Methodists. Okay. Would, 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 they would not affirm once saved, always saved. Right. And so my, my friends in the Methodist church would say, no, it's not that you did something so bad that you lost your salvation. It's that you got to a point where you chose to walk away from Jesus. Hmm. And so therefore you surrender your salvation. Okay. So I don't really believe it works that way. I don't think that that something happens where we undo the work that God has done. But I just think it's important for us to recognize that there are good, solid, Bible-believing churches that do teach that. And so to be respectful of that. Sure. And I think to to continue that on a little bit, um, John, you know, chapter 3, Jesus says to Nicodemus, you must be born again. You know, so I always explain it. If you are born again spiritually... Um, you're not unborn, right? I mean, you know, you're not born and then unborn physically. Um, Ephesians chapter two says that we are dead in our trespasses and sins, but God has made us alive together in Christ Jesus, right? And so we've gone from spiritual death to spiritual life, uh, but we don't see that reversed. Um, I also like to think of Romans eight, what can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord? Nothing is what Paul says. And so I I explain it out and think in my head conceptually this way. If I'm in God's hands and somebody, something, or myself causes me to leave out of God's hand, then I don't have an all-powerful God anymore. Right. Right? If, If I could get out of it or Satan could snatch me out or something can take me away from the love of God, then then God's no longer all powerful. Uh, and so I think we can, we can track that way biblically. Um, I want to push back on Baptist a little bit. <laughs> so uh, I agree that, you, you know, we should respect the denominations. We are Southern Baptist, and, um, but I grew up in the Methodist denomination. And when I became a Southern Baptist, I did hear this concept of once saved, always saved, which obviously I wasn't taught that. And I do agree that once you are born again, again, you're not unborn, But I think we've missed the mark in a lot of ways of we put the proof of our salvation on when we prayed a prayer to receive Jesus as our Savior. And so a lot of times the way we'll treat and handle somebody is if they've been in a pattern of habitual sin for years and years and years and years and and really not showing any love of the Lord, not showing any worship, uh, we'll come back to them and say, well, but, but at 10 you prayed to receive Jesus, right. even though at 40, you have nothing to do with them now. Right. You know? And so we, we've kind of, I think, missed what once saved, always saved really is about, whereas 1 John would show us that that person may have never really been saved. 
Right. And so what I try to encourage people to do um, is to look and say, well, yes, you may have had an experience back then, but are you really genuinely converted now? You know, because in the New Testament, faith is a lot of present tense uh, action. Right. What do you believe now? You know, and we see this concept of enduring uh, as believers in Jesus Christ to the end. You know, those who are saved are the ones who endure. They, they continue to go. And so I, I, I affirm once saved, always saved a lot, you know, but then my, my Baptist brethren will get on me a little bit for explaining it that way. But my whole point is if we have somebody caught in habitual sin without repentance, then we need to return them back to the elementary points of the gospel and, and help them walk through. Maybe they've not genuinely been converted. So, so for those of us who have uh, close friends or family members who had a conversion at some point in their life or had, they prayed, they prayed their prayer, prayed their prayer at some point right. in their life. Um, and then they've walked away. Uh, how do we, how do we approach those, either those friends or those family members? Like what are some things that we do? I think we, we do it very lovingly with grace, but we, we bring them back to the, to the gospel. We almost, in, in my mind, we treat them as somebody who has not yet been saved. So in my mind, the way, I, the way I help people think through it and the way I share is not, hey, let's go back to when you placed your faith in Jesus. Let's look at what you believe right now. Let's look at what you're doing right now. Got it. You know, don't, don't tell me what you did. Let's look at what you're doing, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and if that's not matching, then we need to get it to match. We need to get it in alignment again. And maybe that is trusting Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin. Uh, maybe it is. Yes, you are a believer in Christ. You're just kind of still a baby Christian. And then let's repent and then and get right. Does that, that make sense a little bit where no, I'm, I'm tracking with it? But I think that's, that's where we miss though, is we take that person and go, well, they're still okay because they prayed once. Right. But the, the life right now is not saying they're okay. You know, and so let, let's get that current life together. So, um, I have a lot of friends who uh, talk about faith, they claim to have, you know, a, a, a relationship with Jesus, but, um, and they, there's, I don't have any reason to doubt their relationship with Jesus, but they don't, they don't attend church very often. Right. Um, what are your thoughts as far as like how uh, regular church attendance fits in with the life of a believer? Yeah, I think it's important. Um, and I'm not saying that just as a pastor. Right? Right. <laughs> it's important because if we think about it logically, if you have somebody who says, I'm a Houston Texan fan, like I love the Texans. And then I came up to that person and said, who's the quarterback? Well, well I don't know who the quarterback is. Well, you're talking about me now. Right. <laughs> J.J. You know, Watt, right? Right, yeah. No, no, he's on defense. <laughs> but, you know, hey, how many Texans games do you watch? Well, I don't watch any. How many games have you ever gone to? Well, I don't go to any but you're a Texans fan? Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge Texan fan. I got right. a t-shirt. Right, you know, I mean like that doesn't make logical sense, right? Right. And so biblically to have a, a person who says I'm a believer in Jesus, but I never worship God, I never worship God with other people, mm -hmm. logically, you just, you can't even make a logical argument biblically, mm -hmm. I think, because you, you see all in the Old Testament, all in the New Testament, the people of God gathering together to worship, you know? And so, so I just always give the sports analogy, or if you play an instrument, you know, like, hey, I play the guitar, but I never play it, 
right? Like, you know, so. We're not talking about like a legalistic thing. Like you either need to be in church or you're going to hell. Right. We're saying one of the things that God's people do yeah. is they gather. Right. You know, so you find a group of people somewhere, yeah. you know, and if you're in Alvin, we'd love it. We'd love for you to join us at Heights Baptist Church. But, sure. you know, wherever you are, find a community of believers somewhere and gather with them on a regular basis. Right. Because that's part of what God's people do. Yeah. And if you're one of those people who has a relationship with Jesus, but, but that's not happening on any kind of regular basis. Right. There's a problem. Right. Just as Texans fans gather to, to cheer on their team. Yeah, I almost said worship their team, but that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> that's, another, that's another episode. <laughs> that's another episode. Well, Matt, I, I appreciate you uh, answering those. I know that, again, that was that was a, a good, uh, a lot of very, very good questions. And I want to thank you for joining us on episode two of our podcast. Our next episode, we are going to be talking about cancel culture. And what is cancel culture? How do we respond as Christians in a culture that right now seems to just want to cancel everything? And as Matt said, if you are looking for a church home, we'd love for you to join us here at Heights in person on Sunday mornings at 9 and 1030 a.m. Or if you can't make it in person, we are live on Facebook and the Heights Baptist YouTube page on Sunday mornings at 1030. You can check us out at heightschurch.org or Heights Church Facebook page, Heights Church YouTube page, where you can catch up on previous worship services, podcast episodes, student ministry episodes, and children's ministry episodes. So until again, we thank you for uh, listening and watching with us today and hope you have a great week. God bless.